Hello, I'm Josh Wall, and frankly, I love movies. My guest today is the film fatale herself, my cousin vegan, Jenna McIntosh is with me today. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. Today, we're going to be talking about the 2016 hit movie musical written and directed by Damien Chazelle, starring Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling. You guys all know what it is by now. It's La La Land. I love this movie. <laughs> Me too. It's a movie where every time I think of it, I just like get so giddy and I'm just like, ah, I yeah. love it. It's just so great. So before we talk about our in-depth feelings of it, just so you guys know, there will be spoilers throughout this entire video. So if you haven't seen it, it's not a video, this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you haven't seen it, definitely go check it out and then come back and listen to this. Don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it. So, we're going to be going through standard stuff. We're talking about the film's history and then our critical feelings of it and then an analysis of it. And let me tell you, there's a lot to say about La La Land. The first time I heard about this movie, well, I was a huge fan of Whiplash, Damien Chazelle's first movie that came out in 2014. My friend and I were so enthralled with that. And then later on, the next year in 2016, early on, we were like, oh, he's got a new movie, but I didn't know what it was. So, it was just like, oh, it's it's got Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling and get this, it's a musical and I remember laughing at that thought because I just thought it was like so crazy because, well, A, because Ryan Gosling in a musical I couldn't picture and just the thought of, I don't know, like an actual musical was just like, and like an original musical almost seemed like out of the realm of something that could actually be as good as it was at that time, you know, like I wasn't. I guess I just had strange expectations. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Like, um, both Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone don't have any musical credits, really, that I know of, of them singing. Um, so, it's such a strange concept. And it, I, like, wasn't... I had seen Whiplash, but I wasn't, like, really that into movies at that point in time. So, like, when I... I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, the, only, like, the only thing I know of that Ryan Gosling did that was like musical related was, I mean, he was, since he plays multiple instruments, he was in a band mm. called like Dead Man's Bones or something. I think that was the name of it. But like other than that, like I hadn't seen him do anything else like music wise. So, it was like, it was completely out of left field. And as like most musicals go, this one took forever to make, you know, I mean, this started... Like, Damien Chazelle first wrote it, like, the first draft of it in 2010, like, while he was at Harvard, I believe. Like, um, and he, he just, like, got this idea and he was, um, he went to school, actually, with Justin Hurwitz, who did the score mm -hmm. for the movie. And basically, they talked about it for, like, years and then they, like, when, when Chazelle made his first movie, Guy and Mandolin on a Park Bench, then it kind of became... It kind of expanded from there because that movie was also a musical done in like you know uh, black and white and so they basically just like shaped it and molded it over the last you know six years or so before it came out and they got uh they got pask and paul on to do the 
the four or five original songs that they needed and oh man the music shines in this movie the music it really is does. so fantastic i love i mean i'm a huge fan of pasig and paul they did dogfight and um dear evan hansen and the greatest showman they've and when i first heard about them i wasn't sure i, I mean I, I heard their names but i wasn't really sure where i had heard them so when their names came up at the end of the screen when i first saw the movie i was like Oh, I recognize them. Well, what have they done? And, you know, this was before, this was right around when Dear Evan Hansen was getting some, you know, attention and I had listened to Dogfight and I was like, oh my God, that's so cool. You know, like it was just like a big surprise. Like I wasn't, I just wasn't expecting that. Um, for those of you who do not know, um, I am a huge fan of musicals. I mean, I grew up on musicals and Jenna is as well a new um, fan but a I mean, fan nonetheless yeah she's she's learning more she's yes josh is expanding my palette of musicals well i try um this movie i heard that this movie was originally supposed to be it was supposed to star miles teller and emma watson and miles teller was in whiplash with who Damien Chazelle also directed and I think like that would have been so cool. I, I am a huge fan of Miles Teller he's Me one of those too. that's why I watched Whiplash was just because he was in it I watched The Spectacular Now which was came out years before but and then I watched it because of him I love him oh yeah he's great the, put him in anything you know yeah. and I'll watch it um and same with Emma Watson like I was a, I'm a huge fan of her but then she had to drop out due to commitments of Beauty and the Beast mm-hmm. so I mean I love the pairing of Mile of um, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling. Like that's a great pairing. But like I always just I want to. I keep thinking about like how that would have gone. Like with the other two. I don't know. Like I I feel like it was perfect casting with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone. Like it just just worked. Yeah, they have this chemistry, and they've been in movies before together. Um, but the chemistry really shows through. But especially with Beauty and the Beast also being a musical, you get to see. Emma Watson singing, which is something that I hadn't experienced beforehand. So it really like makes you think about like, wow, well, I love La La Land how it is, but like, what could it have yeah, been? Very, very such an interesting thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Very different. And mm-hmm. I mean, Emma Stone has a little bit of like musical background. I mean, like she loves musicals. Mm-hmm. Like I saw, I read something that she when she first saw like Les Mis, she's like you know like young, like eight years old or something like that, and she just. Like it just became a reality to her, and she loved it. And you're just like a couple years before this movie was released. I think it was like 2014 or 2015 or something like that. She was in um, Cabaret. She made her Broadway debut in Cabaret and uh, on Broadway with I believe Alan Cummings. I think, but they um, and Chazelle and Hurwitz, um, the director and composer, they went to go see her, and they said that like, oh, she's like that that caught their attention just because i mean she had already established herself as an actress but then they were just like oh i didn't realize she had such you know the musical talent like performance wise like having that energy as she did because i mean up until this point you know she had done i mean other than birdman it was a lot of a lot of comedies but like she did like she shine Mm -hmm. in them you know like crazy stupid love easy a and you know super bad and then when she like birdman was a very different turn for her so i think that also which i love birdman oh yeah. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> it's, I feel like that's almost ironic that you say that because I didn't realize that they had seen her on Broadway because her character in the movie Mia, like how she gets her big break is like someone sees, I mean, obviously Emma Stone was already very established, but like she wasn't seeking out like this role and they kind of found her, which is kind of what happens to Mia. Obviously she's, Mia is doing her one woman play in hopes of, you know, making it big or whatever. But like 
it's almost like an accidental find like she didn't even realize that um the casting director was in the crowd mm-hmm. and like that's how she comes about that is a good that is, is a very good parallel yeah so they had to film the opening scene it was on the that highway mm-hmm. in um la i think that that is uh the, he, like the damien chazelle said he wanted it to be in la because like that is like it, i mean it just it just makes sense for all like for the artists that come there and there's just that feeling of the city that's like has an energy and passion and it's almost like like he says here like there's something very poetic about the city i think about a city that is built by people with these unrealistic dreams and people who kind of just put it all on the line for that and i think that makes a lot of sense because i think had this movie been taken place in new york it would have been completely different in feel like i think like it it, uh, more so even in look too because like i mean you don't get the sunsets mm-hmm. that you you wouldn't have those sunsets like that you do in the movie if you did it in New York. Like they would just be it would just be completely different. Yeah, I think that they're like two totally different cities that are both like filled with creative energy. But like when I think of New York, I think of definitely I don't want to say gloomy, but like a lot more gloomier than mm-hmm. L.A. You know, you think of L.A. and like the beaches and the sun. It's like nice yeah. weather all the time. And like you just think Hollywood. But yeah. in New York, you get a different vibe from it. Absolutely. And it, I mean, it, it was it just worked out. It just worked perfectly for it. The opening scene is just so amazing. I yeah. love it. It was the first the first thing that they that they shot. And I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, you have to close down a highway for yeah. that. And, it's, and it was like, I think they did it in one day. I think like that was its own yeah. one big day thing. Because I mean, like, I mean, I guess it makes sense because it's like you can't, you can't shut down a highway for so many times yeah. before they're like, okay, at least as far as like, as far as I think, you know, yeah. I mean, I but like, it's like crazy because there's so many, so much going on in that scene and it's like everyone has to be working together and like such and they have to be perfectly synchronized and it's just so beautiful and like how it turned out. Mm-hmm. It amazes me that like that got done and like, yeah, a day is a long time to be filming one scene, but like still and they did it all in one day that's crazy to me i mean so many moving parts like and it's all one shot which Mm -hmm. makes sense you know because i think that's the most the easiest way to like i guess to do it most fluid because then it almost acts like um, an opening stage musical number because it just goes right through they didn't have it cut off by other angles or other cuts they just did one big camera for you know three and a half minutes you know, just showcasing everything, and I feel I feel really bad for the the band that's in the the back of the truck because when they open that up, you can totally see that they're super sweaty because yeah. like they had to be in there for you know all a day, couple, all all day, a couple hours, and just like shut in there before that guy opens it and then they mm-hmm. close it again. And but maintain that same enthusiasm throughout the whole day when it was probably a long day. I have to imagine. Oh yeah, definitely. It, I I can't imagine filming like. I, I like I get scared of like filming outside like in a public area. That's on a highway. Like that's that's a whole nother level. Yeah, like, there's I, so many factors going around that like just you can't control it. When you're outside compared to in a studio, you know, you're dealing with mother nature and yeah, like, you know, obviously it's nicer weather, but still like like other outside noises and just there's so much going on. It's crazy. It's scary. Yeah, it's terrifying <laughs> like, to think that like, and it's such a like important part of it too. And like right from the back, it kind of, or right from the start, it kind of establishes like what kind of musical it's going to be. Like it just like right away gives you that feel that, you know, kind of maintains itself like throughout the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just it, it's this fun, like fluidness. It does. It. it does get you into the world. Like, I mean, you don't see 
Mia or Sebastian at all during the opening number. You mm-hmm. just kind of, I think the point of it was to just get that feel of everyone who's coming into the city wants, you know, wants that kind of same thing to like make the new life for themselves and make, and make it big. And like that's kind of the energy of the city and of what drives the story of them as artists. So it, I, I think it like it just works so well. And Pascal and Paul have a very different score for this movie. Like they're mainly known for being very kind of poppy um, in their scores, but this one was very like you know it definitely is a callback to old school Broadway in like the fifties and the sixties where it was like the golden age. And you can totally hear it, especially in this first number it, it's just such a callback i mean this whole movie is a callback yeah there's in a so way. many like easter eggs throughout it mm-hmm. it's, throughout it and tributes to past musicals that were amazing it's modern but also not at the same time they do such a good job at yeah it's a perfect balance which is so hard especially since there's so many like remakes and like tributes going back to um like great movies and things that came before it's such like a tough balance to be original but mm-hmm. still have the elements that you know, made it like made you love musicals to begin with. Yeah. And LA is kind of like they do they have such a good job of like, I mean, they, they obviously they gentrify and they get better, but then they also like do well of preserving like the, the, the classic LA, you know, like yeah. from the golden age. Like, I mean, they play old movies all the time. And even when we see, they go see Rebel Without a Cause. So mm-hmm. they do like such a great job of it just seems like that place where it, like it just blends together. All right, so we're going to get into talking about the movie, our personal critiques. I first saw this movie, the first time I saw it, it was in a wide release um, and I it didn't come around where we are in upstate New York in Binghamton, but it came to Syracuse the day after Christmas and my friends and I were like, we have to go, like we, we, we had to because the trailer just enthralled us. Um, and we drove up there and I remember going in and it was like, so our, you know how our theaters now they have like the reclining seats. Mm-hmm. This theater didn't have, uh, didn't have them. They were the standard regal seats. And I don't know why, but like having as many people in there as it was, it was like a little bit over half filled this theater. Just, it, it just like the energy of the whole room just felt so great. And I remember it was the, it was the first time in quite some time that I remember watching a movie and immediately for like the first 15 minutes or something like that having a smile on my face just it just kept going yeah like i remember just immediately i was just i was into it and and, i mean the opening helps and just i just was so enthralled by everything so it like i couldn't stop smiling like honestly i was just so happy when was the first time that you saw it i saw in the cinema saver was the first time i which is a smaller theater where movies go movies play a little bit after so i was a little bit late on the bandwagon um it just never worked out for me to see it in the normal theater so it was again in like a smaller like more traditional movie um seats and i was with my mom and my grandma and i very similar to you like it's just such a vibrant movie you can't help but smile and like the Mm -hmm. music is just so fun and uplifting that like it's just it's such an experience and i'm glad that i saw it in the theaters because i almost didn't have the opportunity to but i'm so thankful because nothing beats seeing it on a big screen even if it's a not the biggest theater that you can be in well the fact that and and i love it with musicals too because i mean you feel like 
I mean, yeah, you're you're watching something that's not real, but like it feels like you're in that experience of being in a theater. I mean, obviously you're in a theater, but like you're it's almost it yeah. does have that theater feel to it, you know, that that stage musical feel. And I mean, you're just you're locked in and there's not many, you know, there's not many movies that come out that can do that in a given year. And I think this that one like immediately I knew I was seeing something that was special. Yeah. You know? Totally. And I remember when it first came out on DVD, me and my friends like booked it to Target and mm, bought it and yeah. we just went home and watched it probably for the next like three weeks every day on repeat. Like I just could not <laughs> get enough of it. Mm-hmm. And still it's a movie that I can watch so many times over and not get bored of it. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. to some degree, I wouldn't watch it every day for the yeah. rest of my life. But I mean, maybe I will. Like it's so when, great. Uh, so I rewatched it just last night and a while ago I had wanted to rewatch it like again so i started it and then i got to the planetarium scene and then i got i fell asleep because i was so tired but then so i popped it in and it was like do you want to resume where you left off and i was like oh yeah sure and but then i was like well i need the i want the full effect of it all the way through and i was so happy that i did because it's such a it's so to watch it all you get it's such a you get the full scope of it and all the emotions in one sitting and it's so satisfying to feel like all the ups and the downs in just one fluid just like like i watched it the first time again and so i was really happy that i did that because this movie you know is very based on emotion yeah totally i love movies that make me feel something and lalawan is totally one of those i'm so happy while watching it but then also so sad Mm -hmm. and i think that like for me one of the things that really stands out for it is i love that you get to see both Mia and Sebastian as like separate people before they meet, which helps me like develop this more of an attachment to them because you see what their lives are like beforehand. You're not just thrown right in. You see the whole love story, which just helps me like really feel for them because you see everything they've been through. I mean, obviously, you know, you don't see every little detail of someone's life in a movie. Like that would be a long movie, but you know, you you see all the important details, like nothing's left out. And mm-hmm. like that just helps me really feel for them and appreciate the whole movie yeah. and the love story as a whole. You see how um, Mia is, you know, wanting to be that actress and this is all that she wants to do. And she's really going out there and trying while, you know, Sebastian, he feels so passionate about jazz. It's the only thing that like it's it's almost holding him back in a way from actually pursuing it he you know he wants to start that start up the club but he's just like he just can't get there or he won't do anything about it and you get all of this vital information just so quickly but it's it's, you you absorb it so well that it like it does establish that great relationship between audience and character Mm -hmm. like almost perfectly um i have to say about that so again about the casting of this movie i think they just nailed it because i mean I think Ryan Gosling is a perfect human being. Like, honestly. Yeah, I love him so he's, much. Like, he, he's so beautiful. He can sing. He can dance. He can act. He plays so many instruments. And he seems like a really, really chill dude. Yeah. Like, I, I just... Very charismatic. Like, you can't help but just, like, fall mm-hmm. in love with him. He's just so amazing. Like, he's... And even in, like, the beginning scenes where he's very, like, kind of snarky to me, like, you don't... You can't hate him because, I mean, like... Yeah, it's like I love to hate him. Exactly. And... But, like, she even like has that uh that characteristic where it's like she she takes it but i mean she's not really offended by it. it's like a playful yeah it's a very yeah. playful relationship at the beginning and it's wonderful but like i mean this is emma stone's movie by far that she was like 
she lights up the screen yeah easily. there are so many scenes that i can just think of where like they just both of them blow me away uh-huh. like one of my favorite scenes is towards the end of the movie when sebastian goes and gets her um to tell her about the audition and as he's telling her like you can just see it in her eyes that she wants it so badly but at the same time you can see like her own heart breaking mm-hmm. of like i don't know if i can do this yeah like, I think that's such a she's, raw scene she's been through it so many times and i think that's what makes it um both of them very relatable and that they both want something but it's like almost impossible for them to get it right now and I think, I mean, I know that myself as an artist, I've like seen that, you know, so many times. And I think it's for, it can be, it's very specific to artists, sure. But I think someone can find like really anything in this, like in a job, like in any job or with a personal relationship. I think it just, um, it's it, like, it speaks out to, to many. Definitely like, obviously like zoned in a lot on artists because I mean, it's an, it's a movie about artists, but it. I mean, it, it just is so you feel for them like every single step and it, every move is understandable. Like there's nothing that I was just like, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, yeah, I think totally. They... Like when it comes to passion, it's something that we all have, whether mm-hmm. it be something creative or just something totally random. So I think that especially when it's a movie that's done so well, like La La Land is, it makes it so relatable across all spectrums yeah. of people because we all have that passion and love for whatever it is that we do. And so they just really they hit a home yeah. with it it's so good i love the i like one of my favorite moments is when sebastian and mia they go to um the the jazz club the first time and he's like he's like look there's the saxophone player he just hijacked oh now the trumpet has it and it's it's energy it's come it's it's compromise but it's like arrogance all rolled up into one and it's dying like that's like one of my favorite scenes because he i've literally i've done that so many times with movies and the the like with just art in general where it's just like i feel so passionate about it mm-hmm. and i just it's literally what i like eat and breathe especially with movies that i literally can't hold it in he just lets it all out because he doesn't get to talk like he doesn't get to talk to anybody about jazz really ever so when mia comes along he just is just like blah you know yeah <laughs> you just so, you feel the passion it's and, intoxicating yeah. almost like watching him be passionate and like you can see it in every fiber of his being how much he loves it yeah and it's so amazing it makes it reminds me of why i love what i love like i'm not into jazz nearly as much as sebastian is uh-huh. but like i'm so excited about it in that moment because like his passion is just it's infectious. Yeah, like, exactly. It's, it's amazing. And mm. he, the fact that he conveys it so well is just awesome. And like her sitting there and watching it. And then later on when they fight and he's like, you don't even like jazz. And she's like, I do because of you. Uh-huh. It's just like, yes. Yeah. It's just so. And whenever, I mean, whenever Ryan Gosling plays the piano, I mean, he is actually playing the piano. Yeah. It, he's just, he's so good at it. Oh my God. I would listen to him play piano. I mean, I love the piano. If I, if there was one thing in life I wish I could do, like, perfectly it would be just instantly to play the piano like honestly i would love to be able to do that and he just he's so good at it and i feel when i love the montage of them when he and mia like first started together and they're running around the streets of la yeah the honeymoon yeah yeah but and he uh and like she begins writing her uh, her play and like it's just like it's the perfect time for them it's just mm-hmm. you feel so happy but like I mean then you know you know in the back of your mind that it's not gonna last but like you want it to last yeah it's, like they just work so well you're so invested in their happiness mm-hmm. and they work and honestly like I mean 
with a lot of musicals, I always get scared when they cast certain star power because, I mean, you don't know how well they're going to sing. And I don't think that Ryan Gosling has an amazing voice, but it worked for this movie. You know, the way that they wrote the, how his songs, especially City of Stars, is lower and has that kind of um, like almost like a smoky feel to it. It fits really well. And I think he did a great job. And Emma Stone, I I think she does have a really good voice. I, I She she killed it into yeah i think that they both did wonderful but they're not like when you think of both of their voices they're not like what you typically think of like when mm-hmm. you think of broadway or yeah. musicals but i think that works really well because like it it makes them feel more realistic and mm-hmm. more just real in general and it just like is more relatable because if they just had these like star power voices um it, it just it wouldn't feel like as like natural to me i don't interesting think. it's it's definitely a different a different sound yeah for both of them uh, or for musicals in general but i mean because there's no i mean sebastian doesn't have this big high you know the, the the big comeback song or i mean he just has city of stars and it's like i mean it works yeah you know and i but they i think they both did really well my favorite song though and it's interesting though um is the song that john legend sings um that's which is funny start a fire which is ironic because that's the whole turn of uh-huh. music that you know and really the outlier of the whole soundtrack yeah exactly i, I don't know I, I just like that song I it's mean, a really fun song yeah i like john legend a lot who did a really good job honestly for his acting debut i think he did yeah actually a really good job he seemed like a i mean he just kind of seemed like himself a little bit like he was very down-to-earth guy like yeah. he seems like who he is in interviews you know um but he did a, a really good job and speaking of that scene i mean that concert scene is really cool it's um this is then starts the downfall for them. I mean, Mia's trying to write her play and it's, you know, becoming very, very difficult. And, but then, it, you know, she starts rehearsing more and she feels worried. But then after Ryan got, um, Sebastian surprises her at home after coming home from tour and she's in it, it seems like, oh, it's going to be like a nice, you know, dinner. But then they fight. And I think this fight, it was more brutal than I remember it being um, in the theater. Cause in the theater, I don't know. I remember, I don't remember it being as emotionally impactful, but the second time I watched it, I rem- it all came back to me and I was like, oh, all of this actually makes sense. And their fight is actually one that would cause, you know, a breakup or cause a lot of conflict in it, you know, them wanting, it became, came the point where they were focusing more on their art and not on each other and more so on Sebastian's part, but it like, and we'll talk about this more later when we get into analysis of it. But like I, the whole thing, I mean, it makes, it, it makes you think like, do you like about your art and how important it is? And I think it, it, the clashing of them kind of showed like, I mean, it shows where they want to, like where they want to be and where they are, but it's, it, it drives them away at the same time, which is kind of, it's heartbreaking, honestly, because yeah. I mean, you want them to stay together, but you see their priorities and frustration and they're also very different people um at the same time i feel but they're similar but different at the same time and it i don't know it it, it just hits you you know yeah, that scene. it definitely yeah it mm-hmm. breaks your heart a little bit like something that you've been dreading you you know it's coming mm-hmm. but then it's finally there and you're like no because yeah. they're so just great and you you almost feel like you've been you've been driven away with them yeah like you as an audience member are just yeah, you totally away. understand. It's not like you're like, no, Mia, like, why are you acting like that? Or like, you know, you feel for it and you understand both sides. Yeah. Especially like, you know, if you're coming from a point of view of 
you know, creative mind, like you understand that and that sa- like idea of like having to sacrifice and like, yeah. you know, you can't have everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I like that. Well, first of all, when you talked about the scene when Sebastian comes back and, yeah. you know, takes her to the audition, I think that that was a, I don't know, I, I really liked that kind of moment of quote unquote heroism. I don't know if that's the right, for lack of a better term, but like, I really liked, I, I always laugh when he like honks the horn and he's just out there and he's just waving like, that's just like, oh Yeah, it reminds mm-hmm. you of who he is and it reminds you of back to the beginning of their relationship. Mm, he and is. And it reminds you of all the good things. He is still supportive yeah. of her. Um. And it's like, I know they're probably not going to get back together, but like, I mean, he's still a good guy, you know? Yeah. And another like reason why I love that scene is when she's telling him like, no, I can't, I can't. He gets like mad. He like Mm. yells. He's like, why can't you? And like, and it's just so great because he's just as, you know, he's not an actor in the movie. Like his character isn't an actor. But he still, like, is, like, there with her and wants to support her so yeah. bad and believes in her, which we all need that person sometimes to yeah. remind us why we love what we love and, like, why we're doing what we're doing. Because, you know, there is, like, a lot of rejection going on. And mm-hmm. sometimes you just need to be reminded of that. And, and it's just a great scene. But it's a lot of times also it's, like, you know, you reject your own abilities and you think that, like, oh, I can't do this because of what came before, which is what Mia is doing. Like, she absolutely, like, no, I can't do this. It just... I can't. I can't. And yeah. um, it's like any artist say like they will. They have been there, but it's great to have that other person to be like, yes, they'll pick me back up again. Yeah, you know, and to bring it, you back to reality of like, no, you are good. You just yeah. hasn't been your time yet. Yeah, and I love this is where, and then we lead into probably my favorite scene in the movie. Um, and my favorite song in the movie easily is the audition song. Um, I mean, this it's it's filmed beautifully. Again, very much like a like a scene from a stage musical. But the song itself, I think that this song easily is the best song, not only in the movie, that, but I think that Pask and Paul have written this thus far. I think that it perfectly encapsulates the whole, everything that we've been talking about, about um, the idea of, you know, of, of being driven, of dreaming, and wanting to be successful and it just speaks volumes to everyone and it's it's just such a beautiful moment yeah no i can't agree more totally it's so i was as you were talking like i was thinking to myself it perfectly encapsulated the whole movie and then you said it and i was like i can't yeah you took the words right out well of my the, mouth. the music the, this is a perfect example overall of like when music it <laughs> captures the emotion just overall perfectly not only like the music the songs but like the score too like especially in like the planetarium scene yeah when like the music just feels at first it's very flowy and light and then when they start to lift up it almost becomes dreamlike and there's no i like that there's no spoken dialogue or anything that goes on during that entire scene it's just them walking around and feeling the presence of each other then they start to fly up and it, it just the, it just the music then crescendos and becomes almost like from it's definitely from a reality to a dream and it's it flows so well and there's countless examples of this i just think yeah. that justin Hurwitz did phenomenal with and with paskin paul of just capturing emotion which is i mean obviously what you want to do with 
a musical of definitely of this caliber but with any musical but it, they just they nailed it like yeah, yeah that was something that definitely surprised me because there is a lot of moments throughout the movie where there's no dialogue and it's just the music and what's going on, on the screen and you feel so much which is something that i was surprised by within myself because i had never really experienced that that much with um movies before with mm -hmm. musicals and this was like kind of right when i was starting to get like really into it so it just it was like just this great feeling and I was like, wow, like I want more of this. And, and like whenever they were dancing or it was just the music, I never was bored, mm -hmm. which I thought maybe I would be, but it's just so beautiful and you still feel it. Like it, it makes me, it reminds me that music alone without lyrics or whatever can also tell a story and mm -hmm. like make you feel something. Yeah, it, it resonates really well. Yeah. Um, oh, one more thing, I think that this movie does really well is it's um, not only it's cinematography, but it's colors. Yes. This is a very colorful, vibrant movie. Ever since I saw her in 2013, I've been so, I've, I've been watching colors because of their power. Not necessarily that they have to be so big and vibrant, just like the color scheme and what that can do to add to the story. And this movie is filled like, you know, the, the first dance scene. I mean, the opening dance scene is filled with colors. Almost looks like a Target commercial. Yeah, so many primary colors just mm -hmm. all over. And then later on when Mia and Sebastian are dancing after the party to the sunset, it's very purple, it's very blue. And then the dinner scene, it's very green and gold, you know, it's, yeah. it's all over the place, but it works so well because it's very much, there's a lot of blues and there's a lot of greens and oranges, a lot of, you know, kind of going with Emma Stone's hair and reds, very bright and they're just used so well. Yeah. Really, the, the scene where the dinner scene is really the darkest scene in the movie, I feel like. I mean, other I mean, the, the movie theater scene because the lights are down low, but like the colors that are conveyed in the their fight scene during the dinner just works so well because it just feels, you, you, it, you do, it does have a different feeling to it. It's almost like it's dark and encapsulating. It's just, it's so different from the rest of the movie, which is very open and free and lovey. Um, so, they... they God, they're so right with every every scene they used with vibrance. Yeah, and like in with the dinner scene when they argue, the green green is also is often associated with like kind of envy and you know stuff like that. Uh -huh. And that kind of the themes of that appear in their fight. You know, he says to her like, "Maybe you you only liked me when I was down because it made you feel better about yourself." Uh -huh. And you kind of see this like side. Of both of them, but more Sebastian, where, like, he didn't have to say something mean, but, like, he did. And you kind of see this, like, um, like you know, the worst of him. And, you know, it goes around along with the colors. And the colors, you know, really keep you in that and make you feel that. Yeah, definitely. So, um, and obviously, it's... <clears throat> You know, we can't go without saying that we are definitely not the only ones who liked this movie. <laughs> um, it's... I mean, it grossed um, $151.1 million in the U.S. and then worldwide $446.1 million on a budget of $30 million. So, they made back a lot of money, probably because of, I mean, it's an original musical, it's got the star power, they just... There were so many factors that went into it yeah. to make it, it... It's a very original movie. Yeah, 12 Academy nominations, was it 12 or...? 14, 14 nominations, I believe. And um, hang on. Which I think it was tied with Titanic for being the most nominated movie. Or am I wrong? Probably wrong, but maybe. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it ended up winning six. So it got 
Total of 14 nominations, tying records with most nominations for a single film with All About Eve and Titanic. So, obviously, it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Actor for Gosling, Screenplay, Actress. Um, it was nominated twice for Best Song for City of Stars and the Audition Song. I think Audition Song should have won personally over City of Stars. And I like City of Stars a lot, but like... That audition song, it just, it, you know, yeah. it captures the message of the movie. Um, really was happy for Emma Stone that she won, you know, yeah. she just, she she just really killed it. it. She blew the whole thing away. Mm. So fantastic. And of course, this is the famous year where Faye Dunaway and Warren Beatty announced that La La Land had won, but Moonlight had won. And I remember I was watching the Oscars and I... I was surprised that, that La La Land had won just like just be a little bit just because like oh I still think that Moonlight's gonna win but like it was between Moonlight and La La Land for me that I would have been happy with so I would have been happy with either or and I guess I mean I was happy both ways <laughs> um, but um, I was so shocked like this is something that's literally like never happened before you know the biggest shock that I had seen at the Oscars other than like this was like when you know sound editing was a tie in 2013 or something like that but this was like you know this is like the worst nightmare of like you yeah, know for the biggest award of the night to the last one the grand finale yeah. and they're already thanking like everyone at la la land for and when they find out oh wait no we didn't win and it's like oh my god i feel so bad they have to all go off. i know like <laughs> you just feel so bad for them you're like oh my god and you know they don't they're definitely deep down they're like okay yeah this definitely sucks, but they all like work. They they all like seem like pretty okay about it, you know. Yeah, I mean, they they seem like good about it. good sports about it, definitely. But you're just like, oh my god, they must have just like felt so wrong. It's just like, oh, sorry. Like walking down the steps, passing the producers that actually won. Like, hey, sorry, you know, here, here, you know. <laughs> yeah, passing you, over the Oscar. Yeah, it uh, it just. It, Ugh, I can't even think about it. Yeah. I like cringe. It's just like, oh, man. So, finally, I think there's a lot to talk about with analysis with this movie about, you know, the wanting to succeed and that, that dream. I think it all is tied together really well with the last scene with five years later after she did that audition. And they said that they would always love each other. And she's with some other guy and she has a daughter and she's very successful. I love that scene when she goes back to the coffee house where she worked and just... Yeah, it really brings it full circle, the yeah. whole thing. Um, and then we they go to Seb's club and they meet eyes and then he starts playing the melody that he's played, you know, throughout the whole movie. And then we go into a montage. Now, when I first saw this movie, I thought, okay, it's gonna... So, they do the montage of all the good times and I th and when it comes back to the beginning, I was like, oh, she just saw, like everything we just saw before was what she thought their, her life was going to be leading in, in that, you know, split second when she first saw him play and then they go into the whole dance montage like, oh, that's how their life actually went. But then it comes back to the to the bar and that's and if that was her whole thinking was you know how her life and how their lives could have gone had they stayed with each other had he not have gone on tour and all, all this other stuff and i remember when it ended my friend said to me um and i think this is like the perfect the perfect phrase for it is like well they got what they wanted but at what cost so totally is so i keep i go back and forth about it is this movie about sometimes 
in chasing your dreams, some people that help you get there have to be left behind or you have to go, you just have to keep going or do you have to focus more on the people in your life than what you want to be successful in. So, I go back and forth with it because it the movie in and of itself doesn't necessarily have a happy or a hopeful ending. You know, you kind of think about it because it's like, well, you know, they don't get to be together, which I know a lot of people probably were pissed off about it because, I mean, it's not a Hollywood, op- it's not really that yeah. Hollywood clear cut and dry ending where they're like, yes, they're together. Perfect. You know? Um, so, I keep thinking like, is it like, which one is it? I mean, you could make, I feel like you could make a good argument either way. Yeah. Which I feel like is a sign of it being a great movie of, it's not an open-ended movie, but it's still leaving you with a lot of thought of like, and both, both ideas are very present in it. And I love the ending so much. I mean, it's heartbreaking. Do not get me wrong. Yeah. I know someone who like hates the movie because they were like, they don't want to end up together. And I'm like, yes, like it's heartbreaking, but it's so important. Well, any it's movie, I, I applaud any movie that does that for a good reason. I mean, because like you can have them not end up together and it just like sometimes it just wouldn't work. You know, like I feel like for this movie, it just, it works so well because I think they both in the end realized like, you know, they were so driven to what they wanted and they got what they wanted. And I think in that moment they realized, oh, we actually, yeah, maybe they, we didn't, you know, or we did, but like it was, we had to get through that to yeah. get where we are. I don't see it as like a, maybe we didn't because at the end when she's starting to leave the club with her husband, you know, they make eye contact and, you know, and, and cause she kind of stops and then turns around and you, there's a second in my mind at least was like of like is she gonna say something mm-hmm. but they just kind of look at each other and then slowly like there's a smile on their face and it's almost to me i saw that as like a like it's an okay like mm. almost like a moment of closure of like we had to do what we had to do i i think i see it more of like a like a thank you yeah and of like and then he goes back to playing like mm. normal you know he doesn't like you know dwell on it which i almost expected him to but mm. you know he just goes right back into playing and I, I definitely, I think, more see it as um as a, like, this is what we had to do mm-hmm. of, like, you know, it, I see it more, the, the montage, I see it more as, like, a what could have been. But, again, like, it's, it, it's too perfect, you know, who wants that, like, perfect mm-hmm. life. It's just too... But it makes sense as to why she had those thoughts. Yeah, you know, no, totally. It, mm-hmm. Because you can't help but see someone that you love and had spent so much time yeah. with, you know, to think back and like the nostalgia and like, oh, what could have been. Yeah. So, maybe it's like, you know, that there's certain people in our lives, you know, they, I think also since they say they'll always love each other, I think they still do. You know, definitely, obviously, like in different relationships, but they like, they definitely do still love each other because of they both pushed each other to get to where they want to go. So, maybe it's about, really it's about the people in our lives do push us to success and they aren't forgotten or that they're always special to us in a way. Um, I mean, there's a lot that, that you could say. Yeah. It's, I love that it's not as clear, cut and dry. It's yeah, it's very, not, here, here's exactly what I yeah. wanted. You know, it's open to interpretation. It does, yeah. And I mean, different artists see it differently because of their own personal experiences and, you know, just what they've been through. I think, you know, we all see ourselves a little bit as Mia. We all see ourselves a little bit as Sebastian. You know, Mia wanting to get to where we are and but also loving that relationship. And then Sebastian feeling like it's the only thing he needs to focus on yeah. um, and needs the support. And why he doesn't get it is almost a, almost a blur. Yeah. So, I think because of that, I mean, there's always... And it's not that they're the only two 
types of artists in the world, but I think that they're the two very common type of artists that, I mean, it, it just makes it all for the better for the audience member to look at it and be like, okay, you know, I can agree. I see myself in this, in this part, but also in this part. And I think it goes back and forth. So it's a very relatable movie. And we, I just, the fact that as artists, you just see yourself in those situations and they're not necessarily characters. They become part of us. Um, so I, I think that the ending can is definitely interpreted, you know, many different ways depending on who you are as a person or who you are yeah, as an artist. Yeah, and I think that, like, you know, takes into play of, like, what you need at the moment, maybe. And I think that it's a movie... I mean, obviously, it's only been out for, you know, a year, year and, and a half. half. Yeah. Uh, so, my life hasn't specifically changed, like, that much. But I feel like it's a movie that I can see, you know, watching it in five or ten years from now and then, like, kind of getting a different meaning out of it. You know, yeah. taking what you need from it. Because you see, have you because you have more experiences. Yeah, yeah and I see time. it. I see it as like there are two people and they needed each other in the moment and like for what they did, they came into a lot each other's lives at like exactly the right time and they helped push each other and like keep their passions alive. And mm. it's so unfortunate that they don't end up together. But just I just think that they were just exactly what they needed f- at the point in each other's lives. Like I think that would they have ended up achieving their dreams without each other? I th- deep down inside I would like to think probably just because of who they are and how driven they were but I think that you know maybe it would have been a totally different path or mm. maybe it would have taken them so much longer and maybe they would have never done it but um, I just look at it and I see like two people who really needed each other in that point of their lives mm-hmm. um, and not that they grew like grew out of that need but you know Sebastian you know was there and pushed Mia to exactly where she needed to be in order for her to blossom on her own almost. Like yeah. he, he helped her as much as he could. And it was a, a great deal of help. Yeah. And it's a very beautiful and relationship. And like watch. you can't, and you can't get that type of success alone. Like yeah. there's so many people like. Who help you. Yeah. It's not just like, and even it's not just one person, but we have that type of person or type of people to push us. Yeah. And yeah, of course, no one, no one does anything on their own. All right. So on the, Frankly, I love movies scale again from top to bottom. It goes um, platinum, gold, silver, bronze, participation, and disqualification. We like to do medals, or I like to do medals, I guess. I really um, like that. Yeah. Um, so for me, I have just rewatching it last night. I remember I had like no issues with it my first time, and I still. I really have no issues with this movie, honestly, that have come to light to me. I think this movie is pretty close to perfect. I'm going, and it's one of the best movie musicals ever filmed. I'm definitely going to give it the platinum medal for me. What are you going to give it? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go platinum on this. I just think it's just, it deserves it. It really, really deserves Mm -hmm. it. This is a movie that will definitely stand the test of time. Oh, totally. will be has already submitted itself in film history and it's it's extremely special well that's going to do it for this episode um please tune in in two weeks for another movie review from the vault of film history until then i'm josh wall and frankly i love movies